Greetings from the Murder of Grey podcast. Where we look behind the curtain of our own minds. Alright, let's have some fun. Hello and welcome to The Gray, where each week we peek behind the curtain of our own minds to try and figure out a little bit more about ourselves, to ask ourselves that those difficult questions, and to just try and interpret things from a different perspective. As always, I am one of your guides, Christian, and with me is our other guide, Chris. Hi, Chris. How you doing? Fantastic. Are you ready to kind of explore this topic? Because it is kind of a touchy one, I would say. And it has very touchy. Some very interesting, I guess, like repercussions or choices that can get made along with it. And I feel like it's been portrayed in media in very interesting ways, right? It's Mm -hmm. it's kind of out there. Um, That topic, of course, of what we're talking about is aging. Um, As far as aging goes, we want to talk about uh, longevity of life, uh, immortality from certain aspects, and the kind of moral dilemmas that come along with that process. And there's actually quite a few there, I would say. And there are some, I would say, I guess in the media, there's some sources out there, like, you know, like, let's go, let's go real weird with it first, right? And then we can narrow it back into some more real world examples. Because the terrifying thing is we're starting to see some companies actually claim that they can expand or extend your life um, and make the goals of reaching potential immortality in the future. Really, really scary stuff. Something you would see from a sci-fi film. But I want to take it back to my roots, the fantasy roots. Let's go. Let's go on an adventure real quick. And we're going to talk about vampires. Ooh, ooh. I love vampires. Not glampires. Fuck those things. No glitter here. Sorry. Sorry. You're more about like you're a Nosferatu. I love me some Nosferatu, but my favorite vampire of all time. Actually, this is going to be the first question of the episode. Um, my, <laughs> I'm gonna. What is your favorite vampire depiction? Like who who takes the cake for you? Salem's Lot. No. Um, <laughs> That's a good one. Honestly, when I think vampire, it's like. I feel like Nosferatu is kind of like that, like typical, like evil looking, you know, Dracula vampire. But like, uh, after playing like vampire masquerades, like you have those different kind of vampires and I'm like, damn, they can really look like everything. Um, There's so many out there too, which is crazy. Like so many different versions of the vampire story. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, probably. No, I'm not going to say Twilight. I'll probably do Nosferatu. Honestly, <laughs> you were going to say Twilight. <laughs> hey, man, Team Edward, bro. Oh, gosh. Uh, Come on. All right. So the best vampire, hands down. No questions Edward asked. Cullen. Sorry. Now, it's Brad Pitt from Interview of the Vampire. That is the best depiction of a vampire uh, ever. What about it, the Lost like, Boys? It's just a bunch of whiny teens. Come on. Oh, man. Come, on. come on. You're you a whiny the, teen. You got the, yeah, you're right. You're right. You, you know, but maybe that's why I hate them so much because I see myself in them. <laughs> I'd much rather be Brad Pitt from Interview with Vampires, something I can never beat. But no, that, like, the vampire stuff is really interesting to me because they obviously 
they always say that it's the curse of the vampire, right? So it's, it, but for some people, the people on the outside, they see it as more of a potential blessing, right? Like you live forever, you get to experience everything and you don't age, you don't feel the, 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 the sting or the icy touch of the, you know, the mortal coil, right? Like death is never going to approach you. But it, they always talk about like when it from, comes from like the vampire's perspective, they they talk about the idea of seeing everyone that you care about die and seeing infinite change and, you know, like all that those kind of problems with it or potential, I guess, issues. And I think that's kind of my big take on the idea of immortality as a whole. I am not really a big fan of the idea of immortality. I feel that seeing all my loved ones pass around me would be just too much. But maybe that's just me being greedy and I don't want to deal with grief on that level, right? Like, I'm sure there's a lot of things that you could do with infinite time, but I just don't really know about it. What What's your take? If you If you could be infected with vampirism right now, your current age, you just live forever right now, how do you feel about that? I mean, I wouldn't want to have to hunt for blood, but if I was able to just live forever, honestly, like, I feel like the reason why it would be hardest for me is if I had kids, because, you know, it'd be hard to see them die before me. I, I'd probably do it. Honestly. Like, it's, like, grief sucks. And I've been there, and it's like, but, you know, if, you live healthy and regularly like we'll outlive our parents, which to me is already like my, the top one, that'd be the hardest yeah. to get past, you know? So once that's gone, it's like, okay, then there's my wife, but you know, you never know with circumstances since we're so close in age. It's like, you know, at that point, like it, I wouldn't mind living forever you mm -hmm. know it's i think it'd be interesting because you could just do so much stuff but you know that first once all your closest people pass away yeah it's pretty difficult but you know just kind of like with life now you would probably find new people mm -hmm. to be around too it's true i i was actually thinking about this earlier when i was driving around doing some errands today uh but you kind of touched on it a little bit right there where you said that you could do a lot of things right you can do a lot of stuff and i was like yeah at, at first i was like oh you know what? it actually might be kind of nice because i would have infinite amount of time to complete tasks to learn stuff to you know explore and then i started thinking like well what do i do right now whenever i have <clears throat> when i don't have a deadline i was like well i push it off to the very last minute until someone's like hey i actually do really need that and I think as a vampire, I would, or if I had that sense of immortality, I, in my head, I would be like, oh, man, okay, I need to go do this, 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 this. Like, it'll be really fun to do this. Let me go solve world hunger. Spend, you know, I'll spend, you know, a couple lifetimes figuring out that problem. And then we'll go from there. And I was, I was like, I don't know. I think the immortal sloth in me would just be like, I'll get to it tomorrow. It's fine. I have infinity to get to it. And just keep pushing things off until, you know, let's say thousands of years down the line, I'd be like, man, I really should have taken care of this problem because now everyone is dying of hunger and there's not enough food. And oops, I guess. <laughs> right. My bad. Uh, maybe I'll try and solve the population crisis now. And then another thousand years later, no one's there anymore. I'm by myself. And it's like, OK, 
probably should have really gotten to that one instead of, you know, binge watching another series on Netflix or whatever it may be. <laughs> so I, I think that one's going to be kind of tough for me that that immortal sloth always lives on. I could see that because I feel like that would be a problem with me, too. You know, it's I would think like, oh, man, I have so much time like I could, you know, learn everything I can from school and then, you know, get a decent job and all of that. And it's like at the end of the day, it's like. It just becomes a point where, yeah, it's stagnant unless you're having tons of money where you can actually go and travel all the time and stuff. It's like at the end of the day, you wouldn't really see the the longevity of it until like, you know, 40, 50 years. And then it's like, oh, things have changed. And it's like, mm -hmm. it just be so, it'd be interesting, you know, especially if you keep like your look and your age, it's like, I don't know, it'd just be kind of weird too. But I don't know. I feel like if I have all my life to, to do stuff and everything, yeah, there would probably be like, maybe a year or two where I'm just stagnant and then it's like, okay, this, you know, year four, I'm going to start doing this. And then I'm stagnant for another like two years mm -hmm. goofing around. And it's like, Oh, five years from now I'm going to do this. It's like, I mean, at least you'd be able to do it. Right. You know, and this you is at like, least have that option. Yeah, that's true. As long as you keep your, like, you know, your mental health and your, your, uh, your wit and everything, you know, it, it's not bad. You know, it's like if you were, you know, like 60 years old and you were able to live forever at that age, it's like, well, your reflexes aren't the greatest and all of that. Like, it's a little more difficult, you know, but yeah, that's true. I think another thing, too, for me would be like the changing of styles. Like, I hate shopping for clothes right now, <laughs> and I just don't like I, I just don't care enough. Like, I have shirts that I've had since I was like in high school still. And, you know, I still wear them like I've and I just think like I think like, oh, yeah, I got shirts from when, you know, about like 300 years ago. Yeah, I got it at this one concert from a band that no one even knows about anymore. Right. Like it just it's just one of those things is like, yeah, I don't think I can keep up with the current trends and just like really give a crap. And I feel like even like current events at that point would just be like, whatever, like it's just going to breeze past like, oh, everyone's mad at this. Yeah. OK, give it about like uh, another couple years. No one's going to give a crap anymore. Trust me, I've seen this. I know how this goes. I feel like like my mental state would probably get altered from that. Right. Like I, I, like my empathy would die after a while, long before my body dies. That that's a good point. I didn't think about the whole empathy thing. Like, I get that. Yeah. Like, how many times but, can you hear someone complain about the same problem? Like, right now. <laughs> think about, <laughs> like, how many times people are going to complain about that shit for thousands of years and be like, look, like, I get it. You think minimum wage doesn't pay you enough. I, I totally understand. But just fucking deal with it and shut up because it's not going to change. Right? <laughs> like, like, it's just one of those things that... It, I feel like my, my empathy is already so short now, especially after this past year of the pandemic and all that. Like, everybody's got problems. I get it. But, and it sucks and it totally does. And I understand that completely. But at the same time, it's like, I, let's not just keep talking about it. Maybe do something. I don't know. It's, you know, you hear people right now, 2021, the word moist is such a shitty word. And then 2450, you're like, 
Man, the word moist is just a dumb word. It's like, like shut the fuck up about moist. Like, fuck <laughs> you. Like, why is this still going on? <laughs> we bitched about this a millennia ago. Why are right. we still using the word moist? <laughs> we can't find a better word for that. And <laughs> you're welcome, everybody who hates that word, because we just use moist quite a bit. <laughs> get a That's real... a pretty moist uh, observation. Ooh, I'm just going to get a real clean take on that word. Ready? Mm. Moist. Moist. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. <laughs> All right. So, um, on the flip side of that, what would be? Do you think, uh, like the perfect age to actually be infected with this, or to have that process? Like, if you could pick an age that you were, mm. um, that you would actually be okay with living forever uh, at that current time frame. I mean, ultimately, it would be perfect to be like. Well, I mean, if you want to drink, it'd be 21. But I mean, at the same time, it's like, you know, it's. Think about. Because uh, your brain uh, learns things better when you're younger. So you would want to be younger. Hmm. But I think anywhere from 25 to 30, I think would be good. Maybe even 35, because I feel like after 35 might be when your like body starts kind of like is not at its best anymore unless mm. you like keep in shape and stuff but i would got say a millennia to pick up a, a workout routine so that's true yeah i just started doing squats yeah. <laughs> you know it's i just like, heard about hmm. this thing called jogging it's amazing <laughs> <laughs> power walking I, I actually was expecting you to say something like younger but i completely agree with you i think around like 30 to 35 would be a really great age to stay at and just continue at that age. Uh, I think once you get past that time period, like that's, I don't know, like I'm, yeah, sure. I got aches and pains, right? Like I'm hurting, but that's from my childhood past. I did that to myself with all my stupid, you know, at, like fucking wrestling injuries and all that, not taking care of my body. But I think like at this current age I'm at right now, I'm like comfortable with who I am as a person and I think that's really good for like the mental state, especially if you're going to be living forever. Like if it, if I was in my 20s and doing this, like sure, I might be physically more fit and just more uh, capable of doing things like that. But my mental state was not there. And I was in a constant, con constant crisis of who I am as a person. And I think seeing like time evolve around me and all like the trends changing and all that stuff, like I would in a be in a constant like rat race of trying to figure out who I am as a person for the rest of my life. But now like in mm. my like early thirties, like I feel like I'm very comfortable with who I am. Like I know what I like. I know like, right. Like, and sure. Like I'm very open-minded to having my ideals changed, which I think is really important too. Like, you know, when you're early twenties, you're like, this is the world and this is how I see it. And this is how it needs to be. Right. Like it's mm -hmm. very, like very kind of like close-minded. Right. I think now I'm at a point where like I'm very open to new ideas. I'm very flexible with that kind of thought process. And I, I like I said, I know who I am as a person. So like my mental state wouldn't be messed with over the course of the years when it comes to that. Like the only thing that might happen is, you know, like crippling loneliness, but whatever, everybody deals with that shit. So <laughs> that's not <laughs> a problem. There's pills for that. Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> so I think that like early 30s, I think actually would be a really great age to, you know, stay at. And I would be really curious to see, like, maybe if, 
you know, 10 years down the line, we ask this question to ourselves again, would then our answers change to, you know, early 40s would be amazing to be nah. that, right? like, like, right? Like, I'm just curious, like, nah. thinking about it now, like, I know my 20s me would be like, ooh, 30s, fuck that, that's old. But now I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, actually, that's a pretty good time period to be me and stay this forever, right? Like, sure, I might want to, you know, I'm not completely happy with, you know, my physical appearance or whatever it is. But like we said, you have a millennia to pick up a routine, a workout routine. You can, you can change that. That's adjustable, but your mental state isn't as pliable. Right. So I don't know. That's kind of a tough one, but I would be really curious to see like, Oh, at, when I'm 40, I'm going to be like, yeah, you know what? It's cool. I totally, I'm totally fine with it. Remember 40s, new 30. It's totally fine. Everything's good God. from there. Such a boomer thing to say. <laughs> it's it is, and I totally agree with you. Where like at first I was like, "Hey, like that's so stupid to say." Thirties the new twenty, fifties the new fucking preteen, whatever it may be now, <laughs> right? But like actually, like looking at it from a retroactive perspective, like it's kind of true because if you look at how much our lifespans have been expanded over the years, you know, like not that long ago your life expectancy was only to like what like 40 years old but now we have people who are living to be like 100 so yeah 50 is the new like 20 because now you've just reached halfway through your life so it in a sense that is a hundred percent true which is kind of funny to think about like it's kind of like a throwaway joke phrase nowadays but it's it has some truth behind it and with a lot of these companies trying to come up with ways to expand our lives, it's becoming more and more true, which is kind of nuts. Yeah, it's, you know, I've been thinking it's like right now, 20 years from now, I bet you the life expectancy will, you know, go up to maybe like 120 or something like that. And I mean, I've been reading articles where they say, if you're able to live the next 15 years, even 20, then life expectancy will like double. That's terrifying. And all this. And honestly, I think a big reason, well, the big part of it is that it's not like we're going to get a shot that's going to be like, oh, well, now I can live, you know, an extra 300 years. I think a lot of it will be like the first form of longevity will be eradicating diseases Mm -hmm. and stuff, right? So there's a lot of research right now where they're, they're already making, I think, a vaccine for it somehow, but they're... They're finding preventative ways for like Alzheimer's and dementia. That's like one of their biggest things that I've been finding is that trying to prevent that from happening, which makes sense because that's your brain. Yeah. You know, and a big part of getting older, uh, you know, just with like dementia, like once your brain starts to go, everything else is going to go. So if you can prevent that, you know, you're, you're able to stay healthy, fit. And yeah, your bones might be a little bit weaker, but. To an extent, like they're finding new ways of making it so your your bones, your joints can like withstand a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the right way. But well, I mean, with like the stem cell researches and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like that that your your body can re- heal itself, but your mind can't. Right, as of right now, your mind can't heal itself. So once it's starting to deteriorate, like that, you're that's it, right? And that controls all your motor functions, everything. So if you have like a chemical imbalance or something's going on there where you're starting to, you know, lose your mind a little bit or like with dementia or Alzheimer's, which uh, I'll go into Alzheimer's because I have like a personal stuff about that one. But like it's it's really scary. Like that's my biggest fear is the idea of dementia. 
Like mm-hmm. my body can Same. go and I can fix it. It's fine. Like I can break my bones. I'll be fine. But once dementia sets in, like not being able to recognize the people around you, that just seems so terrifying and just horrible. I mean, fuck, like look at the notebook. The notebook is like, I'm not going to lie. Mm. Like, and I'm going to be completely honest, throw this out there. I cried my fucking eyes out watching the notebook because <laughs> at, whenever she finally like remembers who he is for that brief moment, right? Like, I, I was just like, oh, my God, like, holy crap. I can't even imagine going through all that shit. And to not just for her, but for him to, like, go th- through this over and over again just to get that moment of recognition from his wife. Oh, such a beautiful thing. I, say what you want about that movie. Like, that is such a beautiful moment in my mind and probably one of the most beautiful moments in any movie I've seen where, like, it just hit me so hard. I was like, ah, <laughs> the feels i feel everything like i hate it but i love it (laughs) i fell asleep during the notebook but i should give it a try gosh it's it's not a great movie and you know i'm a total sap for that kind of shit but you know it is what it is but alzheimer's is really interesting because so my actual my senior project for when i was getting my game design degree we were um we were told to just make a game and you can just make whatever kind of game you want um within you know certain parameters but there weren't many limiters on the actual thing and it was in a group of five people so you had to get five designers together and make something so every week we would kind of touch bases with all the other groups and see what people were making and a lot of people were making you know like shooter games like no one was really like thinking about theme or story behind their stuff or why are you performing these actions to begin with so in the second week, we were, well, first we were just making like a platformer because we thought it would be really interesting to just make something simple and kind of then expand on the world around us to fill it with interesting concepts and mechanics. And that was our thought process. And then we had a, like a sit down with a group and we we're like, what if we throw a really strong theme on top of this, right? Like and really sell the, the whole idea here. And we figured out we wanted to do something dealing with Alzheimer's and there are some really interesting therapies that are very simple to perform that are showing some success, which is really interesting. Like with all of the advances in modern medicine, the fact that we still have this problem is kind of scary, but they're finding out that even like playing certain types of music can help deal with the excess buildup of the, like the, there's like a gray matter buildup in the brain that was what creates dementia and Alzheimer's. And the music can help lower the amount and actually like remove the buildup in your mind. Um, Even as much as like people might, you know, think this is kind of nuts, but playing video games actually helps with that. It it makes your brain fire off multiple synapses and it helps deal with that clutter and that buildup in your mind as well. And they say like playing something like even like puzzle games or just any like sort of game where you kind of have to think and problem solve to a certain extent for about an hour or two a day helps fight off dementia. And they did studies in like retirement homes and and places like that where they showed um, advances or improvements in cognitive abilities by just playing certain games like even Mario for like an hour or two a day. And it's just crazy to think about that, like with all our our advances in medicine, like just enjoying something fun is what is helping the most with dementia, which is kind of crazy to think about, right? Like just listen to some music and you'll be better. Like just activate your brain and you will, you know, help fight off dementia, which is 
kind of crazy. I don't know. It, it, to me, that like blew my mind a little bit. I was like, so just keep thinking, just keep learning, keep being interested in life and in things, and you can help. That can help you fight dementia off. I mean, think about the people that are getting older right now. It's like they didn't have any of these things really, like ease of access to music mm, or, you know, games or anything that really stimulated the mind too much. It's where I feel like right now, because we haven't been able to have like, you know, 50 years of doing this kind of research, it's like we don't know like what's going to happen when we're at hitting that age Mm -hmm. you know like for me it's like thinking okay like in my 80s that's like you know 50 years from now like what kind of advances are we gonna have by then like are things gonna be like eradicated by that point or like lessened like it's Mm -hmm. i don't know thinking about like a lot of these like illnesses that we get when we're older or even like middle age being like eradicated it's like wow like that alone would increase our longevity just because our mental health would be a lot better you know not having to worry about having those illnesses later it's it's a freeing experience you know not only does it make you happy but it makes you active right. and when you're active you know your body doesn't deteriorate as fast yeah yeah 100% so there are that is just one simple way in which that we can kind of fight off dementia and fight off the idea of aging, that that fear of aging, is to keep your brain active at all times. Just never stop learning. Be excited about life itself. But there are some companies out there that are trying to take it from a different perspective, right? They're trying to find ways to counteract aging um, in more like sci-fi ways, right? Make that Mm -hmm. magic pill to make your whole dementia go away, to make, you know, make you stop aging or to give you 10 years life uh, of life back by just, you know, taking a simple shot or whatever it may be. And one of those companies is being funded by somebody that as a collective conscious or a collective whole, uh, we probably hate a little bit, <laughs> but we just can't stop buying shit from their website. Uh, do you want to let us know who that is and what this company is? Mr. Bezos. Um, oh. So Bezos, uh, he's been him and this other one of like, I think it's Russia's most, the richest person there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're funding, it's called, Alto Labs, and uh, there's there's many uh, labs that are focusing on anti aging and stuff in general. But this is like the new kind of up and comer startup that's being heavily funded by you know Bezos and the other guy and a bunch of others, multiple like billionaires, gotten, multiple billionaires, and they've gotten some really like well known scientists in that field to work for them. And they're really pushing that. I want to say there was a a statement that they said, you know, like 30 years from now, we might see like some huge advancements. And, you know, it's it's interesting because you have these companies like actively really trying to do this. And something that I thought about, and this is actually what made me think about this whole topic of an episode Say there was, you know, a shot, like a vaccine or something, but it's just, you know, a shot that you could get mm-hmm. where it would prolong your life, maybe say 300, 400 years, right? We're not going to say immortality because that's, 
that's going to be something special. That's going to be, you know, the rich of the rich will be able to afford that. Yeah. But say there was a shot that increased your life by 400 years. And I was thinking like, okay, there's, there's some pluses and minuses to this, right? Think about how instead of just a rich having it, think that all of us could get it, right? Think about, you know, one, if one country found this out, you know, there'd be other countries either trying to find out or there'd be wars fought over this, like, immortality shot. But going back and more like local government country level, I was wondering, like, would a government give that out free to everybody or would they only make it for the rich? And the reason why I'm wondering why they would give it out to people is think about this. People are able to live longer. They can work longer. Yeah. And that means more money for them. So these rich people, obviously, in the end, would make even more money by people just working their life away. And looking at it at a government level, if people live longer, they wouldn't really have to worry about Social Security. They wouldn't have to worry about all these retirement plans and pension and like you know all of that kind of stuff go away yeah yeah like all this money would go back to the government that gets spent on you know the aging missiles and and bombs i mean sorry aging stuff (laughs) it would all go to missiles and bombs basically but um and there'd be that you know that would be their way of manipulating everything kind of if everyone was able to live longer but I think in the beginning, we'll see it where it's just the rich that'll get it Mm -hmm. because they're going to be the test dummies unless they want us, the common folk, to be the test dummies on it. Mm. I think that is a really interesting idea, right? It's it's the whole idea of like, so longevity of the workforce and coming from it from a background from the manager's perspective, right? Uh, They really harp on the idea of turnover in companies and how Mm -hmm. much money that actually go or how much money goes into training new employees is astronomical compared to keeping employees on longer right like every time you bring in somebody you have to spend like let's say you spend about four thousand dollars in training and that comes down to the idea of having them shadow somebody else the amount of days that you know you have them train where they're not productive for you technically so you're you're not making any money off of them as a company it comes from the you know all the new uniforms or any new equipment that you have to establish them with, all that crap, right? So there, mm-hmm. there's already like a pretty big pool that comes in with hiring new people. Whereas if you just keep the same people on longer, you're going to be saving longer or money in the long run because you don't have to continuously replenish those resources, go through those training processes, and they're going to just be continue to be productive for your bottom line as a company, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why companies are so focused on making sure that their turnover is as low as possible. And I could totally see why the draw would be there for like the government or various uh, established companies to keep uh, people around longer and extend their lives to you know make sure that they're working for them and staying productive for a much longer period of time. On the flip side of that, that's long-term revenue Right. Like that's something that they're Mm going to notice over the course of multiple years. And I'm wondering if people are able to think like that. Right. I think that, like, from the way that 
capitalism has worked and all that stuff and kind of like the idea of making money, people want to make money quickly earlier on and use that money right now instead Mm -hmm. of, you know, having something like, okay, if I'm going to give my employees extended life, then hopefully they stay with us for that whole extended life, which doesn't mean that they actually will, right? Um, And then I'm going to not only have more money coming into me over the course of the years, I'll just be comfortable. Um, Like I might be able to have continued revenue for my family and keep it going forever, right? I don't think people are going to be able to think that way, especially if they're in like CEO levels and stuff like that. Like that, the whole, if Wolf of Wall Street taught us anything, they want money now and they want it fast, right? So I'm wondering if the idea of extending like the masses would be more profitable now opposed to making it available to individuals who are able to actually afford it, right? So if you put it out there and you're like, okay, a million dollars a shot. If you take this shot, then guess what? You're going to be, you know, you're going to live another 30 years guaranteed. Here you go. And like another 30 years of like comfortable life, not like disease written or whatever it may be, right? Like if, right. unless, you know, you have something already in your genetics that predisposes you, maybe they can't deal with that. But I, I feel like they would take that route like initially or instead of you know, extending the lives of their workers in the commonplace because everyone's expendable, unfortunately. Everyone, when it comes to corporate level stuff, everyone is replaceable and you should replace them with the new generation that's coming in is what it is, right? And having another thing too, uh, training the people who have been around for so long, like it's so hard to teach someone who's been with a company for like 20 years how to do some new processes opposed to just bringing on someone and making that their standard, right? Like some people get really stuck in their ways and that we have that whole idea of like old management, new management, and there's different styles in which that you have to do it. I, when I first became a manager, you could talk to people a certain way opposed to now where you have to handle like workplace conflicts and situations and coaching opportunities in a much different way where you have to be a little bit more handholdy. You have to be a little bit more like show more empathy towards them and just kind of like make it where you're helping them come up with the solution, right? Like make them feel empowered by the choices that are being made. Whereas like old management style would be more like, hey, this is what happened. You need to correct this now. Let's move forward, right? Like it's just a little bit more like kind of like blunt and on the nose opposed to new management where it's almost like you're kind of more of a counselor in the workplace um, rather than someone managing a group of people, which the idea of manager has changed over the years as well. So I'm wondering like how, like where does that lie in the idea of extending workplace you know, employees, like making them live longer so that they stay longer? Are they going to be able to adapt to these new styles and situations? Or is your turnover going to stay the same? Because that whole older generation that's been there for X amount of years, isn't really being able to adapt to the new policies and new situations that are arising. I didn't think about that. That's actually really interesting idea because i didn't think about the like evolving with it like for me when i think about people staying in a job longer it's like you know when we're young we're told to get school done quick in our 20s to get a good job you know and for other people that don't go to school you know it's like oh well you know school's there i can do it 
you know, late 20s, early 30s. But it's like if our lives are extended, it's like people won't really have that rush anymore. Yeah. You know, people won't feel like I need to get this done in my first like 30 years of my life. Instead, it's like, oh, well, now I have an extra 10 years where I could goof off. So people will stay at these jobs longer because they get comfortable with it. Yeah. Uh, I feel like if it was something that was just given out by the government or so, I feel like inflation would definitely be a thing, you know, because now that people are able to live longer, they're going to be expected to work more and do stuff. You know, people will have to provide better for it. It's and true. I think, you know, that's why I'm like, oh, well, on a government level, it could happen because a business, like you said, they might be less inclined to have people live longer because you don't know the like you said with either people not adapting right or people just being like yeah screw this job yeah or so or they would uh like the company wouldn't show any innovation or change mm-hmm. right like they would want to stay stagnant in order to like make sure that the people that they have currently in place are always going to be trained to do that job at all times so innovation yeah. would probably go out the window. And this is all speculative, of course. Like, there's no hard evidence of this. But I would be curious to see, and I wouldn't be surprised at all, if you see a company doing something like this, that their innovation, their growth, their growth patterns would be extended to the point where it might even just be like a, like a horizontal line, right? As far as like their growth, mm-hmm. instead of a raising line as it should be. Growth and innovation should be at a constant rise. But if you extend that timetable out to, you know, instead of 20 years of growth to now 100 years of growth, that line is starting to to start to teeter to more of a horizontal line. And then eventually, like, where do you just like plateau and you just have no more innovation anymore? Right. And like it might not just be in like a corporate level, like think about like entertainment or like with video games and stuff like that. Like, I feel like what pushes us to become more innovative and creative is restrictions. And the biggest restriction on us is life itself. Life is fleeting. We don't have a lot of time on this planet. So we want to be able to create and push ourselves past our limits. So if that restriction is now lifted, like the ultimate restriction is now lifted, what's going to be the pushing factor anymore, right? Like what's going to be that driving force to make you want to complete this task now, get it out there now, push the boundaries and like, you know, just be more creative in that aspect. And I don't think there's going to be anything there that's really going to push you. It might be like money incentives, but that only goes so far in this world. So it would have to like, you would have to find a way to speak to people's like pride and push that boundary in order to push innovation further um, whenever there's no other limitations on that aspect. So it's kind of, I I don't know. It's a, that's a tough one for me because I, I mean, it's all speculative of course, but like, I'm just trying to think like what would be a driving force? What would be that thing whispering in the back of your mind saying like, Hey, like, you better do this now or else, right? Now there's no more or else. So I'm I'm kind of nervous about this idea like of Alto's company saying in 30 years, we're going to have some really big innovations or in 15 years, your life expectancy might be to 120. Well, like if that's the case, then what's pushing me to keep creating at the level that we're creating now, right? Like what's going to push me to be as innovative next year or to drive 
or, you know, to push what we're making now even better next year, whenever I have, you know, a hundred years to do it. Uh, I think it all kind of comes back to that idea of if you have more time to do something, does that mean that you're going to make better work or are you going to make the same mundane work or the same level that you're currently at? Oh, just in a longer period of time. I think the hardest way of looking at it is like, you know, by the time that stuff would be discovered, I'm pretty sure our world would have been changed quite a bit with technology. And once I started connecting this to like what I envisioned the future might look like, it started making it actually seem, I don't know, not as good because I feel like in the future, right? Like 20, 30 years from now that AI will have evolved enough to the point where for the most part, most jobs, it it will be like run automatically, right? There'll be, machines and programs to help other people and a lot of very basic jobs will be you know not there anymore Mm -hmm. and i feel because of that you know this is this is really going into a different topic with it but i'll make it quick is that i feel like when we're at that point where you know a lot of jobs will be gone and the only skills that are really important are like trade school kind of traits you know like electrician plumber coding all of that kind of stuff health mm-hmm. people will have like a, a like a universal basic income where they get paid monthly and stuff like that so working is not really a big driving factor anymore it's more so comes down to how like your skills will be useful in the future and i'm thinking okay like imagine you know you don't have to work right you're getting a an income that pays you enough to like, you know, afford your rent, you know, your food. It's more so you would just need money for the fun things. Right. And now that your life is extended, okay, so what are you going to do now? It's like, are you going to be a productive person of society that's going to try and help innovation grow now that, you know, you don't have to worry about time? Or are you just going to sit there, reap the benefits, not really do anything? And I feel like extending our lives right now, it, I don't want to say it'd be catastrophic, but I feel like a lot of people wouldn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And it'd be interesting. I don't know. I'd almost feel like if it was to be sent out globally, I'd almost want to say they would try to make it secret and just somehow give it to us without us knowing you know, or maybe just change the environment enough where, you know, it might increase our life a little bit longer. I don't know, you know? Yeah. I think you would have to change the mentality of how we think about aging, right? In order to keep push or keep that pressure on us to be, you know, to be beneficial for society. Like right now we have the idea of like a shorter life expectancy to push us. So what happens when that goes away you would need to change something like lore about death and folk tales and stuff like that would have to be rewritten in order to keep that like fear instilled in us to want to keep pushing and like keep innovating, keep changing, keep growing as a society. And I just don't know if that's something that could potentially be there. And actually, real quick, I mean, this movie's not great, right? And it's freaking Justin <laughs> Timberlake. It, the movie In Time has a very interesting concept, which I think could be a way in which we push that 
right? Like, let's say your company pays you not only in money so that you can live comfortably, right? Pay your rent and bills, whatever that you have uh, afforded to you. But then they also pay you an extended life. And then you can use that life as currency too. So now if you take life or like minutes of your life as a currency, then that I think that would still allow it to be a driving factor in choices because now it's also money, right? And it's it could be looked at as like the new cryptocurrency is, okay, like if I give you, you know, five years of life, I'm going to buy this house, Right. Like, cause mm-hmm. if you, if you think about it, that might be it. Like, if someone's trying to save up for a house, they could have like a long term plan of, okay, in three to five years, I'm going to save up X amount of money in order to pay off this house and be able to afford a down payment. And then, like, instead of waiting that long, what if you just told someone, Hey, I'm going to give you five years of my life. Like, you can take it off of my life clock. And then uh, that will be my down payment for the house. So instead of waiting that amount of time, you are now able to reap the rewards now um, opposed to waiting the five years to get it, right? Like even with like student loan debt, if you look at like how long it would take to pay off your student loans, what if you just told someone, hey, go ahead and take 10 years off my life clock and my student loans are gone? Like, yeah, of course, you're going to be thinking like, okay, my life is now shortened. It might not be as clear of an image You know, like you might not actually be able to comprehend the idea that, oh, I just lost 10 years of my life. Right. Like, I think that would be kind of a weird one to think about. But if if that becomes like a a, like a back and forth with companies where they're able to give you a shot to extend your life another 30 years or whatever it may be, and then you're able to reap those benefits now, your mental state might be in a better place too. like think of all the extra stressors of just or like the physical, like for people who are in a physical, physically demanding job, think about them like working construction for 10 years to be able to pay off their student loans. Think about all that backbreaking labor that they had to go through and all of the things that they passed on. And maybe like their passion really is in music or something else. Like they could just say like, here's 10 years off. My student loan's gone. That's one less major bill that I have to worry about. Let me actually mo- like dedicate some time to my real passion in life. And that's music. Like I, I, like in a hopeful world, I would hope that people would go that direction with it. But it would be mm-hmm. really curious to see, um, or it would be really interesting to see if people like, if we're able to use life as a currency, would we then actually focus on things that bring us joy because there's less stress that we're carrying with us along the way? So, I don't know. I think thinking about that is like, you know, kind of right now, we kind of use time as currency. You know, look at like going eight hours to your job. Yeah. It's, you know, you're, you're giving a company eight hours of your life for, you know, I mean depending how much people get paid, you know, it's anywhere from $15 an hour to friggin' like $50 an hour. And, you know, it's, is, is eight hours of your life worth that much money? Like you have to sit there and think about it. You know, it's like, maybe if you're making like $35 an hour and up, it's more reasonable. You're like, Oh, this is kind of worth my time. Yeah. You can justify it. Yeah. When you're making like under 20, it's like, damn, is my is eight hours of my total life really worth, you know, an $80 paycheck or an $80? Yeah. Is it worth $80? It yeah. And it's like, hmm. I mean, it makes it difficult, you know, like, obviously, it's not clear 
you know, labeled as, you know, giving us time like that. But it, it kind of makes sense when you think about when you give your time to something in general, is the payout worth it? Deep. Deep. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, I think we are out of time this week. <laughs> segues i'm trying to get better at them but <laughs> that's going to do it for us this week and i uh, hope you guys enjoyed our little conversation about extended life and just the idea of time itself really um how much what's your time worth is your eight hours worth 80 bucks if not do something to change it just learn something else like expand your passions find something that brings you joy um i mean not gonna lie this is podcasting is one of the ways that I bring joy back into my life and I use it to justify a lot of the things that I'm doing as far as work goes. I put in the work so that I'm able to enjoy the brief amount of time that we get to talk to you. Uh, and it's that's you have to find that balance for yourself. So find that passion in life, find it, hold on to it and just expand it and grow it. Um, never let, never be stagnant. Even if you find that magic shot that gets you to live forever, don't become stagnant. Find those passions and hold on to them. But anyway, I'm going to stop preaching to you guys. Uh, you already know this. I'm sure you've heard it your whole life growing up. So, but yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, thank you for sharing the show. Uh, and thank you for everybody who's been showing us love online on the social medias because it is amazing to see the growth that we're having. Uh, we just really appreciate everyone who takes the time to listen to our episodes every week and share them with their friends. Uh, but yeah, with that, that's going to do it for us. And we will talk to you guys next week on another exciting episode. Uh, bye. Bye.